Trending Insurrection. Welcome. This is Lou. Hey, and this is Dave. And uh, we're talking about something real serious before we started the show. And I wanted to jump right into it. This is Trending Insurrection. Dave and Lou presents Trending Insurrection. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave sent a very compelling tweet a couple, oh, yeah. a couple of days ago, or was it uh, yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday, okay. And uh, hit us with it. Read it to us. All right. So it's, it's actually 19 hours ago, um, and it is. It starts out. I did some math today and found that about 262 million unarmed citizens were murdered by their collectivist governments in the 1900s. And then I uh, conclude that a pro-gun control socialist is analogous to a convicted rapist running in favor of darkened alleys and compelled nudity for attractive women. The idea, of course, being that if you are uh, a collectivist, either a communist or a socialist or any kind of any of these you know flavors of collectivism that, that are out there and hard to define, <clears throat> if you're running not only to make great, huge cross-the-board changes to society, but you also want to disarm the American people, you're basically telegraphing your desire to do things that you know the people will want to resist. Like a rapist. A rapist who says, hey, I want all alleyways to be really dark so they can't see me coming, and I want women to have to walk around naked so I don't have to do that much work when I try to do what I do. It's... (laughs) It's a little... little, it's uh, it's outrageous, but so is socialism. Go ahead. What are you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. I, I think it's I think it's uh, what's the word? Listen, right now everything's good. Oh yeah. In in America, we we have problems, but we're we they're manageable. Seem, we, yeah, we seem to be manageable, and like other countries, no one can envision a time when the government will not be we the people, by the people, for the people. So I think that that's what makes that, that what, so because of that these things the, the, these type of statements are seen as flights of flights of conspiratorial fancy mm-hmm. and and uh, what's the word and and uh, and uh, left, right, heavy wing, whatever, right or left wing. When you say things like this, but my question is, my question is crazy nut job conspiracy theorists. Well, oh, my question is, what would it take for chaos to ensue in order for someone? To say, hey, you know what? We're going to take your land. Or to say, eh, kind of your, your freedom, never mind. Well, I, I think I think we know what it would take. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, um, or the last time we, we got together. We talked about the, uh, the radical equation. Basically, when the radicals think that they are stopping the end of the world, they're trying to save the world. Well, and this is this goes into what is called crisis uh, or crisis uh, ethics, crisis morality. If let's say your family is starving, would you steal some bread to feed your family? Most people would say, "Oh yeah, well, I mean, if my family's starving, sure." Well, you're assuming in that situation that you're in crisis, right? 
Would you, what if, you're, if your family was starving, would you get a job? Oh, well, of course, of course we get a job. Well, would you do that before you stole the bread? So, I mean, really, this idea of a crisis, this idea of morality based on crises and ethics based on a crisis will enable people to do pretty much whatever it takes to survive. Because one of our top ethics, our top moralities, is surviving. Surviving um, war, surviving drought, surviving famine. People are designed to survive, so we'll do what it takes to survive. So you're you're kind of out there asking, like, okay, <clears throat> is this thing okay? And you know, maybe maybe it's something like murdering people, right? And normally you would say, no, that's not okay. Well, what if those people are trying to destroy the world? Then all of a sudden, you're like, well, I don't know, maybe are they are they really trying to destroy the world? Let's, I mean, if somebody's trying to destroy the world, then we got to do what we got to do. Um, you know, we gotta get James Bond out there with those licenses to kill, right? And that's what um, concerns me about these socialists. They are telling you all good things right now. They're so, saying. So wait a second. So uh -huh. are you saying that people who want gun control—that's a big stretch to me—are socialists? No, no, no. Not all socialists. I'm saying that a socialist who also openly advocates gun control ah. is. Uh, kind of highlighting or, or, or telegraphing his desire to do things that you will want to resist at a later date, but he will have taken your guns away first. There are a couple of examples. We know examples like that. You know, a lot of revolutions started with people going, hey, you know what? Guns aren't really good. Well, actually, I'm not sure how many of them really did. So this is something I've studied. Well, when I say revolution, think about it. Historically. Well, historically. Yeah. Uh, uh, what governments have taken the guns away from the people before they... That's a good question. What governments have? Well, uh, we know China. No. no. The people never had guns in China. As a matter of fact, sword prohibition goes back hundreds of years in China. Well, yeah, but China. Meaning guns... When I say guns, I don't mean literally guns. Armaments. Armaments. Let's use armaments. Mm. So let's use guns as a way. We call it the guns of war, the dogs of war. Okay. So well, but here's here's the thing. Uh, China murdered somewhere between fifty and a hundred million people during the Great Leap Forward, but they didn't take the guns away at that point. The were, people were disarmed historically. That's what I'm saying. So so, but there was a point. I'll give you I'll give an example. There mm -hmm. was a point where and. Uh, you guys who are, I don't know whether the, the, the story I heard that one of the reasons that, that some of our countries, some of our countries have stopped, have, have created, created laws for women, uh, uh, dress codes for women that were less than loose was because they wanted to stop them from ever becoming warriors again. Mm. And I heard that was in where the, the geisha, the shoes. There were there were shogun who were women, who were powerful, and so that they would women would never again rise to power. They created a, a whole set of a set of uh, rules and regulations for how they should dress and put them in real tight clothes. Oh, the foot binding, maybe the foot binding, and and the, the and you know, and in in our version, mm. it was. Well, I mean, I've, I've heard about that, but I've never heard 
that it was intentionally to keep them from obtaining power. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I thought it was just. Oh, no, it's always um, that. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was a subjugation, basically. But, yeah, adolescence uh, is the same thing. You know, adolescence was created by the gentry <clears throat> and the royalty in Europe to stop their kids from coming into power so early. Adolescence? Yes. The name, ad, that whole idea of adolescence was created so that they would, they could, there was a longer period of time before they, before the royals came, the younger royals came to power. Take a little so adolescence meaning, uh, the root word of course being adult and t- t- less than adult. Yes. That whole season, because remember you, you, in the Bible, you were an adult of 12. As age of accountability, but not, but suddenly. 13, have, wasn't it? Bar Mitzvah? Uh, tw- uh, 12, 13. I think it was 12. And, oh, 13. Either way, it's early. Yeah. And earlier than what we consider it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And suddenly, in somewhere in the, I forgot the date, suddenly we now have this thing called adolescence where you're not really an adult until. until Seven, five to seven years later, and well, you know, and, and then, a lot of people have pointed out that your your brain doesn't really actually start uh, or doesn't stop uh, developing until you're in your twenties, like twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, but nonetheless, people were coming to power. We've heard of of, of people child coming kings. To, yeah, we've heard of child yeah. kings, and but that, but that, and that the whole idea, the whole idea of women riding side saddle, and the, the whole that whole culture was to create a weaker version so that you wouldn't have so many warriors. You'd have at least one half of the population warriorless so that you could take over, you know. And I think that, that so if you look at that, and then you say, and, and governments have always created, those in power have always created interesting ways to take power or to re- make sure that they have power. Adolescence was a great way, and it's even... It's done so much. It's come up to it, it, that that one thing has affected our Western society for hundreds of years, where now our young people do not feel they're responsible until they turn the the, the age eighteen. So they're given a free pass from doing a lot of <laughs> from doing adult things. When in other countries, when you're twelve or thirteen, or, 14, or as some of them say, hood rat stuff. <laughs> yeah, hood rat stuff. <laughs> you know, you, you get so, so now you have a free pass because well, you're not a, you're not an adult yet. But really, in the Bible, the age of accountability is twelve or thirteen. I believe twelve. I think it's twelve. So, biblically, you're an adult at twelve. Well, yeah the um, the actual Bible doesn't give an age, but there is. Um, of course, there's Jewish law, and there's a lot of um, uh, Jewish texts that are not necessarily directly in the Bible, the Talmud, and the uh, uh, various rabbinical texts that probably do specifically uh, touch on that. Um, but um, I think that's that's interesting. And so, 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 so not so you use that. Think of adolescence. Mm-hmm. Think of foot binding think of historically China taking away guns. When I'm using guns, I'm not saying literal guns. I'm saying anything for that you can use to defend themselves. Sword, well, swords, swords were banned yeah. in China in the 1400s. Yeah. So now think of, and then think about that's why Kung Fu was developed and all the martial arts were developed because that with was a way tools, right? with farm tools because that was a way to counteract the fact that you were powerless and anybody could do anything they mm-hmm. wanted to you. And then, and then, then think about what happens when, when the economy crashes, and when 
you cannot get enough food and when the resources suddenly become diminished Un- unprepared and we are unprepared <laughs> no 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 we what do you mean we <laughs> i'm prepared man i've got i've got my 100 round drum i've got my stash of ammo i've got uh, you know several magazines i've got several uh, uh i've got a couple weapons i mean not I don't have too many. I don't have a stockpile. He's but I mean, I'm, I'm ready for anything like that to occur. But, you know, I think I think even even when I say that, I don't think it's going to happen. I just I, I feel like I should be ready for unexpected things to occur, right? Um, you know, Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth. And a lot of people don't know what really what meek means. It's kind of an old word. People have lost the meaning of it. Um, meek is something like this. Something like a, an armed man who knows how to use his sword, but keeps it in his sheath. That's what Meek is. A capable person who does not seek battle. So I think that um, it, it is incumbent upon us to be prepared, to be ready, to be armed, to have, um, uh, you know, to be prepared for unexpected unexpected. Uh, events, even if we don't expect them to come. I mean, well, I mean, obviously, like this is the essence of unexpected, right? Like, I don't think the world is going to end, or the like, nation is going to come crashing down, or the government is going to be destabilized. I don't think those things are going to happen. But I am ready for them in case they would happen, right? I mean, that's the essence of an unexpected event. It's a thing that you <laughs> literally are saying. Well, you know, it's crazy to prepare for this because I don't think it'll ever happen. Right, but at the same time, many unexpected things do occur, and it is good to be ready for them when they happen. So, I mean, obviously, that's kind of the the extreme um, version of an unexpected event. There are other much less unexpected events, like just you know, maybe uh, maybe the government decides that you don't have rights anymore, or things like that. I mean, like like there's there's lower levels of uh, the world that coming I mean, down around your ears that you should be ready for, but uh, <clears throat> sometimes and so that that's why those type of statements that the tweet that you made mm-hmm. can be passed off as as musings, well, as radical musings, and but when you really think about it, there are people in America whose land <laughs> has been taken away by oh, by the government. Right. I mean, there's precedent. There are people, and that's why we have laws protecting that. Because yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny too because the same people who are like, "Oh, you took the Indians' land," you took the like, don't think the government's going to come take their land. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing that they they have no problem, you know, fighting Indian casinos, and they have no problem you know, taking away Indian rights, especially here in Florida. Um, we we there there's a and we don't recognize that what we're doing is we're paving what's good for the goose is good for the gander. All you're doing is creating a pathway for your rights to be taken away eventually by the very same government that is that that will be taking the rights of others. And that's why I say justice and liberty for all. That's what America stands for because we understood that if if it'll happen to the Jews. If you know what happened in, in Europe to the Jews, if it'll happen to them, or it, eventually it can happen to you. Well, sure. Uh, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King said, uh, "Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere." But I think it's—I think there's a more important parallel here. <clears throat> the important parallel is that 
socialists do not come to power, especially like Hitler. Do you really? I mean, Hitler was elected. Hitler came to power with the consent of the people, basically. So he um, now it was a parliamentary system. So I mean, he didn't actually have like a plurality or a majority of the people, but he had the largest. Um, whatchamacallit, the largest group of people were were interested in him being in power. So <clears throat> he came to power by getting elected and by being um, thrust forward by the parliamentary system that was in place. And he didn't say, like, hey, we're going to murder the Jews and we're going to um, invade other countries and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do the other. He didn't really say that. I mean, he had a platform... But even on the day he was elected, he continued to state that he was going to be a leader, not just for some of the people, but for all of the people. And there's like um, an old video where you can see him saying this and the people, you know, clap and cheer and say, yeah, Hitler, finally we have a great leader. Um, And they didn't have any idea. They had no idea what was about to happen. Now, I'm going to, you don't even have to go to Hitler, right? I mean, because everybody talks about Hitler. You can go back and look at the Great Leap Forward in China. You can look at the fact that Mao came to power. I mean, it was a communist system, so basically he was elected not by the people, but by the Communist Party itself. And he decided that he was going to tell people how to live their lives. And he ended up, um, basically, his ideas didn't work in the real world, so he ended up killing a lot of people. Um, If you look at the Bolshevik Revolution, right, they didn't, they didn't, um, I mean, that was more of a military revolution. They, they took power and they started doing things. Um, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a peaceful elective process like, uh, like the way that Hitler rose to power. Um, but, I mean, obviously, they weren't really telling people exactly what they were going to do, right? So they had a lot of people behind them that were, you know, the true believers, the, the revolutionaries. <clears throat> and a lot of those people ended up getting... Uh, turned on, right? I mean, so the moment they became um, uh, not useful anymore for the the revolution, all of a sudden they found themselves in the gulags. This is this is uh, if you look at just look at a much less. I mean, I know I've, I've drawn some very severe um, examples, but look at a much less severe example. Just look at basically Obamacare, right? Obama said, if you like your plan, you can keep it. And then it turned out that when he was actually going to pass the legislation, uh, he also actually, this is an interesting thing too, he spoke out against the individual mandate when he was campaigning. This is this is actually probably the best analogy. When he was campaigning, when he was trying to get power, he said, oh, we're not going to have the individual mandate. We're not going to have it. It just won't be in there. A couple years later, he's got power, and they're trying to pass the bill. They realize it doesn't work financially without the individual mandate. Guess what happened? They didn't keep their promise. They put the individual mandate in place because they cared more about the thing they were trying to do than the people they were trying to help, or at least that they claimed they were trying to help. This is the, this is the problem with radicals and socialists, and this is exactly where AOC lies. This is exactly where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is going to fall right right now they are going around saying oh this is ridiculous you say we're going to ban fossil fuels we're not going to ban fossil fuels you say we're going to ban air travel we're not going to ban air travel 
we're just gonna affect the world in such a way that you know gas cars you won't want to buy a gas car anymore you'll buy an electric car and you won't want to you know fly you'll want to jump on an airplane or jump on a, an e-train and and go across high-speed rail <clears throat> the problem is that their vision of the future will not work there are two major reasons it's not going to work one is that their vision of the future is they want to eliminate fossil fuels the problem is if you even reduce like if you get uh, enough electric cars and enough uh, renewable energy to even just reduce the demand for fossil fuels you will greatly cheapen fossil fuels they will become extremely cheap and people will say oh this is great my car i now get you know what do i get 30 miles a gallon and now gas is only what 70 cents a gallon you know like it will turn into a a wonderful thing to have a gas car the next reason is there isn't enough energy without gasoline energy is a quantifiable physical reality right there's a, a law in physics called the, the law of conservation of energy we get right now something like 90 percent of all of the energy that we get we get it from fossil fuels we get maybe one percent from solar and a uh, few percentage from nuclear and uh, another couple percentage from wind but basically the lion's share of the energy that we use in the united states is from uh, fossil fuels there are a few places on earth where the electricity coming out of the wall is something different than than fossil fuels right you've got uh, a couple of hydroelectric dams yeah you got one in um What's it? Uh, uh, Niagara Falls. There's a there's one of the first ones. Um, you've got some out in the Midwest where they built those huge uh, dams and during the uh, um, the 50s and 60s, right? The, the the New Deal and the the jobs and all that kind of stuff. The the projects that uh, FDR put out there. So there's a couple places where you could get away from uh, electricity or uh, fossil fuels, but that's very limited. And even, even in those areas, if you get enough people on electric cars where they're trying to charge a battery off of these kinds of um, hydroelectric and, and all that, you'd find that there was a limit to how much power those things actually produce. So, and then, of course, uh, wind is not always available and solar is definitely not always available. It's only available pretty much during the day. Um, there are real problems with these renewable energies, right? It's physically not possible. We don't have the technology. We can develop it, though, we over time. We could develop it, but this is, okay, but this is where I go to, uh, you remember that episode of Futurama where Fry is going to get his lungs taken out and replaced with gills, right? It's like saying, hey, we're addicted to oxygen, and we want to stop that. We want to take our lungs out so we can stop being addicted to oxygen and replace them with gills. And you know he, the basically the guy says to him, "Well, I'll take your lungs now. Uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna pay on gills, right? So you don't need lungs anymore." And Fry's like, "I don't see why not." So he says, "Okay, I take your lungs now. Gills come next week." And that's that's really what they're saying. Like they don't have, they don't have a replacement. They, even Ocasio Cortez herself is saying, um, "We're gonna have to develop uh, technologies that haven't even been invented yet." Like. <laughs> like it was it was one of the most 
oddly constructed sentences, of course, we're going to have to invent things that haven't been invented yet. That's how invention works, right? That's, a, how, that's how it works. Go ahead. So in other words, what, what you are saying is basically take away, take away, take away, take away, take away, and nothing's there's nothing to put in its place. There's nothing to put in its place. Because the way our economy works... The economy suffocates. ...is people will always do what's best for them. So I guarantee you, if you had affordable electric vehicles uh-huh. that were better than gas vehicles, well, companies would begin to make a lot of affordable electric vehicles and and it would be cool and and just like the just uh, and they would eventually change i mean i mean so no one's going to no there's an organic process right that we now of course now we know we have the lobby there are lobbies that will stop stop certain things from happening well and here's the pro- problem you you are you are so right you are so right that um like for instance teslas you know i want one right yeah. i mean those are the nicest best coolest cars on the market right now yeah like the tesla is just the top vehicle yeah hundred forty thousand dollars exactly now they're coming out with some cheaper versions which are also equally impressive and very nice yeah and uh, the model three i think is what it's called and it's um only forty thousand dollars that's still about you know thirty thousand dollars more than i have right so i mean <laughs> there like i'm i'm looking at those like that's really nice but i still can't afford it yet um, now, of course, maybe I could take a loan and do all that, but I'm not going to do all that to get a new car. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with a slightly older vehicle. The problem that that creates for the Green New Deal in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, is that they want to have this done in 10 years. That's what I'm saying. In 12 years, the very latest. That's the unrealistic part of it. With nothing to put in its place... You're either going to have to use force, and then whatever happens, happens. And that is what people in power default to do, right? When people in power, like uh, getting back to the uh, Obama thing, he said, hey, we're not going to have the uh, personal mandate. When he realized that in order to achieve his goal, he had to do it, he He went ahead and did it. Boom. And, and the same thing is going to happen with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, right? When she realizes that you have to outlaw fossil fuels in order to get to where she needs to be or where she thinks that we need to be in order to literally save the planet, it doesn't matter. Even if people are going to die, she'll still put that forward because it's what you have to do to save the planet. It is not even... A, a mysterious process the thought process I would do the same thing if I thought that there was something that we had to do to save the planet I would do whatever it took to save the planet I don't believe that we're in that kind of a crisis right that's the problem she actually believes that we're in that kind of a crisis she is and I've said this before she is a true believer and that's what makes her the most dangerous. Well, I mean, I think that I wonder how, and this is not fair, but I want you guys to think about this. I wonder how many echo terrorists mm. are listening up. Backing her plan. Backing the plan. Because when you talk about, if you look at the FAQ that was just a draft that was erased, 
these are radical high these are super radical solutions for americans to or people around the world to get involved in recycling your own urine and oh no 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 that, i'm sorry that one was actually pa- a not, parody as a parody yeah, that was a parody yeah but mm-hmm. i mean but i mean these are the type of things that they begin to say recycling your own you know what what was what was in the faq getting rid of getting rid of air travel right um, getting all rid these. of uh air tra- air travel um getting rid of cows because they produce too much methane yeah, um, and they put it in the most in the basest terms possible, and then <laughs> they literally had the term "farting cows" in the in the memo. And yeah, and so the idea is 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 it's radicalized. It's radicalized to the extent that most people would find it laughable and implausible. Right, and, and so so. But th- but well, I do believe that there's something behind this movement, which is what you're getting at. You believe that there is something behind the movement that they are not saying. Well, you, even I think they, they what they've said is bad enough. I uh, they are saying it right. So this idea of social justice, um, they really want to, <clears throat> um, they want to bring about social justice, e- economic justice for everybody. And part of that was what they said: um, the uh, providing uh, support and an income for those unable or unwilling to work. And that was really where it got. I mean, they. I think, and this is why they walked it back, right? They got. They started getting flack from both sides. They started getting flack from the Democrats, and they started getting flack from the Republicans. And here's the thing: you've got pretty much every Democrat um, presidential candidate who's announced so far has signed on to the Green New Deal, has said, yes, we want to be a part of the Green New Deal. And then they put out this fact sheet and they were getting attacked by every single person. Like even some of the people who were in, who were signing on were saying, hey, this is unacceptable. You can't put this out. The American people aren't going to accept this. And uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, remember, she's a true believer. And I don't think that she thought, hey, let, we, the people aren't ready for this yet. I thought she thought, I think she believed that they could push forward with this and enough people would support them and they would still keep gaining momentum even with the level of ridiculousness that they put out. So when they say, oh, it was just a draft, I don't really believe them. Well, I mean, they put they, they put it out. It was their document. Look at this. Look at this. I'm going <laughs> to share some of this, some of the things. Overview. We will begin. This is a... This is a Green New Deal fact sheet FAQ from Republican Alexandra. Rep. C- rep. She's a Democrat. Rep. Yeah. Rep. I said Republican. Said rep. <laughs> rep. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because. Uh, no, no, wait. No, this is why. We don't want to. That's why I switched. This is why I'm using the word Republican. <laughs> Republican Alexandra Cortez and, and Senator Rubino. And, and, and I, I meant rep, but let's just say Republican. Because I'm going to do, do some reading here. This fact sheet FAQ posted on the morning of. February 7, and then quickly taken down from the official Congress congressional website of Anglicana. Green New Deal. Here's what it says. Still available in the archives, by the way. We will begin to work immediately on Green New Deal bills to put the nuts and bolts on the plan described in this resolution. Importantly, to say so someone else can't claim this mantle. This is a massive transformation of our society with clear goals and a timeline. 
the Green New Deal resolution, a 10-year plan to mobilize every aspect of American society at a scale not seen since World War II to achieve net-zero greenhouse gas emissions and create economic prosperity for all. <laughs> it will. One. Is she is she really saying that she wants to eliminate poverty? Like she just wants Wait, to just just just, just let just let okay, me read it. Man. Leave me alone. Let me read it. Man. Come on. <laughs> All right. Go Move ahead. America to 100% clean and renewable energy. Okay. Wow. Eight. To create mil- now. There's no technology. <laughs> there is no tech. There's no one working on the infra- infrastructure for this right now. Eight. Create millions of family supporting wage union jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, ensure a just transition for all communities and workers to ensure economic security for people and communities that have historically relied on fossil fuel industries. Now, they don't talk about what those jobs will be, how they're going to do training with engineering and, and creating new viable... For, they don't, they're just going to ensure. Ensure means nothing. In other words, there's no, there is no support for that. Well, now, the whole thing is a non-binding resolution. A job with a family-sustaining wage, family and medical leave, vacations and retirement security. Now, and I'm not laughing because I think it's bad. I'm laughing because none of this talks about how a high-quality education... Including higher education and trade schools, clean now, clean air and water access, and access to nature, healthy food, high quality health care, safe, affordable, adequate housing, ec- economic environment free of monopolies. Now, wait, wait, wait! I just, I just want to point out one thing. She says high quality health care, but at the same time. Uh, she's actually pushing for Medicaid for everybody or Medicare for all, which is not, according to my grandmother, high quality. Yes, no, it's not. Go Economic ahead. security for all who are mm. unable or unwilling to work. That's right. There is no time to waste. IP, <laughs> IPCC report said global emissions must be cut by 40 to 60 percent by 2030. U.S. is 20% of total emissions. We must get zero to 2030 to lead the world in a global Green New Deal. Americans love a challenge. This is our moonshot. And then it goes on. Then it says, we, this is a massive investment in our economy and society, not expenditure. It's an investment. We invested 40 to 50% of GOP GDP, sorry, in, into our country during World War II and created the greatest middle class the U.S. has ever seen. I want to hit that point just one second. Okay. Let's, because let, we can't, we can't just go through each of these points and leave them unchallenged. The, uh, the economic prosperity that came in during World War II was due to the fact that we exported war machines to the rest of the Allies before we got involved in World War II. Okay, we were exporting uh, ships. We were were arms dealers. We were arms dealers, yes. And they were, business was good. We were building uh, war machines that the rest of the world was just clamoring for. And we sold a lot of it to them on credit, right? I mean, so like, we ultimately, we were the world's arms dealers and the world's bank all at the same time. Now, that's why we were prosperous during World War II. That's what got us out of the Great Depression. Right, and a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people misunderstand what it was that got us out of that. It wasn't, uh, you know, us going to war necessarily. It wasn't um, 
you know, any kind of thing that FDR had done. It was the economic uh, environment created around the world by Hitler attacking all of these other nations that made them need our weapons, which we then gladly sold them uh, on credit. That was why we did well after World War II. Or, you know, got out of the... Uh, got out of our economic funk of the Great Depression, had the boom, uh, and, and just we rode that into a wave of prosperity because as we built up, right, we built up the infrastructure for manufacturing during that time. Yeah. And then after World War II, uh, it didn't take much to retool. Like, oh, you're building tanks? Okay, well, let's retool that and build cars. Uh, you're building, you know, uh, machinery for the war okay let's retool that and just build some refrigerators you know like it's it wasn't hard for us to retool that and take advantage of the build-up in uh manufacturing infrastructure to become the world's manufacturers go on yeah we will you have just the perfect habit of saying go on right when i'm done talking you well, know? i mean you know you got, there's more <laughs> give us some more uh, okay wait i'll i'll, okay, I'll, I'll ahead, jump in ahead, i'll jump ahead. in here okay 92 percent <laughs> of Democrats, yes. according to them, uh-huh. and 64% of Republicans, that's why I said Republican, support the new, the Green New Deal. Nearly every <clears throat> major Democrat presidential contender mm-hmm. says they back the Green New Deal, including Elizabeth Warren, oh, Cory yeah, Bookett, she backs it. Kamala Harris, uh-huh. Jeff <laughs> McKeeley, Keeley, Julian Castro, Vito O'Toole, yeah, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh-huh. to the, oh, and J- J- okay, I'm gonna even read it. Forty-five House reps and three hundred plus groups backed the original resolution for a select committee. Over three hundred local and state politicians have called for a federal Green New Deal. This uh, wow, the resolution has twenty co-sponsors. About thirty groups. Numbers will change by Thursday. Let me tell. Let me tell you the problem with all that. Numbers. Numbers are changing, but here's the problem: the numbers are changing. They're actually uh, pretty much going lower because when you say when you do a poll and you ask someone, "Do you support the Green New Deal?" Chances are they'll say yes. But if you ask them, "Do you support the specifics of the Green New Deal? Getting rid of fossil fuels by 2030." Uh, getting rid of air travel, um, getting rid of cows, uh, getting rid of, um, what was it, uh, economic security for those unable or unwilling to work. People start to say no. Yeah, of course. In fact, they, they go, oh, well, no, of course I don't support that. I support the Green New Deal, not the details they of the Green New Deal. They support elements. In other words, everyone, no, there's no one saying we should trash America and have trash in this rolling in the streets well, and and not have energy energy and but what but, but but I think which is why everyone will say yeah it sounds decent enough I can support elements of that but I don't believe everyone is supporting this oh, this well, I mean, document this that's, FAQ that's the point you see it's it at this point I would make the argument that the people who are saying, yeah, I, I support the Green New Deal. Have not read all this stuff. Well, they haven't read any of it. Uh, they are supporting the branding. They are supporting the the dream, the idea, the marketing that's coming out. They've been tricked and fooled a little bit by that. But here's the thing. We've got, you know, I was talking to my dad the other day, and he says, we've got six years. We've got six years because Trump is going to win re-election. That's what he thinks. 
Well, I've said that on this show. I know, and I, I disagree. I don't. I don't think Trump's even going to run of for. Of course, he is. Maybe. Maybe will. Maybe won't. Uh, he could get primary. There's a lot of things that could happen. I'm just saying that let's not count our chickens until they're hatched. So. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily consider that chicken. Right, but, <laughs> but here, here's the thing. He's so well. I mean, it's a it's a metaphor, right? You know, you get the eggs. You don't count them as chickens until they've yeah, actually yeah, popped yeah, out. Okay, of I'll give you that. I'll so, that. yeah, okay. Um, and and of course, I come from a, you know, my my family has a farm, so I know I'm very agrarian, familiar with those agrarian chickens. society. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Right. I understand. Okay. Well, and and you know, uh, a lot of those uh, never get the chance to hatch because you crack them and fry them. Anyway, <laughs> um, and and and. Those are not the fertilized eggs. So if we think one's fertilized, we'll pull it apart or put it aside and try to get it to hatch. And you know, you're not eating baby not, chicks. Ninety percent of the time, of it, it doesn't. Okay. Okay. No, as a matter of fact, uh, have you? Uh, there's have, a there's a delicacy about, but by the way, no. about baby chicks. No, no, no. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a delicacy in, uh, some, there's in a, certain countries. Yeah, there's a ridiculousness. Um, I'll tell you this: if you crack an egg open, yeah, most people, yeah. like ninety nine percent of people. They crack an egg open and they see a blood in there. They're not going to eat that. That is true. They're just going to oh well. I don't. Let me throw that out. That's actually why you even crack eggs in a separate bowl and then add them to your main dish. Because if you you know if you've got like all your flour and your mixins and your ingredients and then all of a sudden you crack a, a blood egg in there, you're going to be like oh, throw the whole thing out. There goes the meal. There goes the whole thing. Yeah, you don't you don't want that. So anyway, point getting back to. Trump, six years. So my dad was saying that he thinks we have six years to educate people about how bad this really is and what it is more likely is going to happen. And again, it's going to be another um, personal mandate situation. It's going to be another one of those things where, but it's going to be a hundred times worse because the the draconian things they would have to do to make this happen. They would have to ban fossil fuels. They would have to put such draconian uh, conditions in place that people would not be able to deliver fuel to your gas station. Now, when that starts happening, all of a sudden people aren't going to be able to deliver food to your grocery store. And when that starts happening, it goes downhill from there very quickly. You've seen The Walking Dead. Do you want to live through that? I don't. I mean, that literally could happen. And this is not hyperbole. That situate that the situation, uh, the the Mad Max Thunderdome, right? Like, you know that that society in after thirty years of the Green New Deal, forty years of the Green New Deal, you know, mixing. If you add in after two months if, of the Green New Deal, if you add in catastrophe, natural disaster, which happens in America. You add in a couple natural disasters. You add in a, a, a terrorist attacks from without, uh-huh. from outside the, the country. You add in other other things. Quite frankly, wait a second. How is our army, navy, air force, and marines, and the space force now? How are they going <laughs> to run? How are they going to run without power? They don't without, have without, without renewable energy. They don't. They don't have an answer for that. Oh, I, I noticed that none of that is there. That's not. A, yeah, you know, she's been asked actually, and she has said that she doesn't have an answer for that. This is, I think, where the quote <laughs> comes from. <laughs> so wait, you that we're going to have to invent t- technologies that have never even been invented okay, so yet. That's like so, a real quote. So from her. in ten years, we're going to build renewable energy battleships. In ten years, we're going to, going to build solar energy jet planes. Well, now in ten years, we're actually, going to build 
no, no, no. Um, battleships are already no, I know running they're, they're nuclear. nuclear. I know yeah, that. Yeah. But I'm saying a lot of them. Uh, yeah, but but I'm, a lot of them, but not all of them. Right. And so so in ten years. Well, you know, the, the aircraft carriers are nuclear. Yeah. Right. And then the other other ships. Um, uh, it doesn't necessarily make as much sense to make a smaller ship nuclear. Like the aircraft carriers are huge, right? And so they they're it floating makes cities. Sense yeah, exactly. It makes sense to to run them on a nuclear power plant. Yeah. So hear what I said. Yeah. In ten years, we have to develop. We have to develop that. We have to develop run. <laughs> uh-huh. Now uh, let me give you. Let me tell you how ludicrous this is. How much time? <clears throat> And and development does it take to develop a battleship? Oh, I would I would say that it takes decades. Actually, um, they probably about a decade. I'll, I'll say fifteen years. That'll be my estimate. Okay, so <clears throat> so so we're looking at because I have in, in two, there's a, there's a saying I was looking at the na- national interest, and we're asking the question: Is the U.S. getting ready to develop a new battleship? And there, and the set, and this is in 2017, and they said it would be risky. Um, creating that would amount to American, to an American pocket battleship operating alone in the high seas in the face of an enemy is a ris- risky proposition. Still, the concentration of firepower such a ship could bring to bear also makes it an attractive one. The ship's stealthy nature. There's a new, there's a new pocket battleship, which is it's it's stealthy. And it's wow. So, so, and they're talking about this. It's, it's, uh, it's check hard, it out. The national interests. Yeah, it's hard to be stealthy if you're nuclear powered, though, because nuclear power ships actually emit a particular exactly. signature. And exactly. It, you know, other, I mean, sure, we can, we can be stealthy from like low level technology countries, but if you're, um, if you have any level of technology, you have the ability to track nuclear signatures. Um, the, the Chinese have that. The Russians have that, and they're willing to give that to their allies. So it's not like um, you'd have to have like really just so much shielding. You'd have to have almost no nuclear signature, um, and I'm sure that can be done. But well, the stealthy. Well, the, the, it's it's called a Zumwalt class, and we're talking about a very small stealthy battleship. Are they saying they want to do that uh, yeah, by nuclear but, power? Yeah, uh, I don't know. They're, they're not talking about how it's powered, but nothing. They say it's stealthy. Uh, a ship killing Zumwalt would necessary would be nece- would by necessity operate alone. It has the same signature as a fishing boat, a radar signature. Okay. So very interesting. But you know they're developing it, and uh, and it's a smaller. <laughs> I mean, excuse my point. Here's is the that- problem: you you have a fishing boat coming at you to eighty knots, and they're going to be like, um. It's not a fishing boat. Shoot that fishing boat. <laughs> well, I mean, my point is, but I, it looks it looks pretty it looks pretty cool. Uh-huh. But my my point is that these are in development. Even if they're 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 they've created a smaller nuclear reactor that could manage these tiny ships. Right. How are you going to? How are you? Go- so you're saying in ten years, you're going to redevelop. You're going to develop our our our, our military infrastructure. To support non-fossil fuel burning, oh come on! I mean, well, come on! I that's, mean, that's the, the that's biggest the, problem. That's, that's is going to be the, the air, the air power, right? And how are you? How are you going to develop? You could just do a whole show uh-huh. on how long would it? How how? <laughs> it's ludicrous. 
<laughs> well, it's actually... How, how are you going to fly to the moon? How are you going to get to the moon? So here's the thing. Um, what about the satellite? How, wait, let me ask you some questions. There's simple question. How are you going to put up satellites? Because you need rocket power, which is fossil fuel, to burn to get the satellites up there. So you're ba- But you're banning that. Mm-hmm. So there goes a satellite. Oh. Well, Tesla, uh, I mean, look at SpaceX, right? They actually have rockets that part of their stage is an electric engine. Yeah, but, but my point is that the part of... Yeah, part of. I get you. But I mean, so, but specifically for the rocket, the reason you can't have an all-electric stage, right, is because it actually has to escape the atmosphere. So you can't have... Um, you know, the fact is that uh, electric engines basically work by turning a turbine, and that doesn't work outside the atmosphere. Now, that would work for jets. To a certain extent, you could have something that flies, it could be extremely fast. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you could have some really great stuff with electric thrust um, or, or electric engines, right? Um, not necessarily like electric, I'm not saying it's electric thrust, but it's electric powered engines. Um, but at the same time, you'd have to develop it and it's not there yet. And also, um, it's going to, how do you charge it really? Cause it goes back to what are you going to do to charge it? Are you going to burn fossil fuels to create electricity to charge your batteries? Because that's really what we, that's the only thing that we could do at the moment. Now don't get me wrong. See, the thing is th- none of this matters, right? Because it, wait, wait, hold on. A what year is it? It's 2019. Okay. This is an article by the verge com and written in in October 517 these hybrid electric jets could change how we live and work by 2022 yeah they could okay so they're saying that there are some but these are smaller electric jets of course um, so right but I mean you know you can make one vehicle you can make a vehicle that works. You can make a fleet of vehicles. And these are small, but these are right. not passenger. Oh, yeah, these yeah. Just small. These are just small jets. Yeah, these are not major. They're not passenger planes. So we haven't developed passenger planes. So how are we going to fly? If you're ban- Which is why they're talking about banning air travel or, uh, 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 or banning air travel because what? Because they're attempting to. They're attempting. They realize that the jet- jets are an issue. Right. Well, now, there, to be fair, um, what she's saying, what, she's ha- what she has said, what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has said when asked about that, and what her advisor, who, I mean, by the way, they have lied, right? So, but at least, let's take this at least at their word for, mo- for the moment. What they've said is that they don't want to ban fossil fuels, and they don't want to ban jet engines, and they don't want to ban, you know, air travel, right? <clears throat> what they want to do is they want to build so much high-speed rail out all over the country that it would be better for you to jump on a high-speed rail instead of a plane, right? The problem is, I mean, that won't work, right? We don't have, um, it's, it's never going to be better than an airplane. Like if you're going from New York to San Francisco or San Diego, it's not going to be better. And you're going to want to get on a plane and go because it's going to be faster. And then, um, you know, it's, it's going to, you're going to have to build that up. You're going to have to put a lot of investment in it and it's just never going to give you the return. Um, the, 
So then at some point they're going to realize that this won't work. And then at that point they'll say, oh, well, now we have to use the force of law. But also, um, uh, what, what am I thinking? The, the, where does the energy come from, right? Because that's, that's a real big question that they haven't uh, answered. And if you answer that question, then it doesn't, you don't need the Green New Deal. If you answer the question, where does the energy come from, and it's not fossil fuels, then Amer- and it's cheaper, by the way, America would go to it. Like, if, let's say, uh, let's snap our fingers, and tomorrow we have fusion power. Nobody will want fossil fuels anymore. They'll be like, ah, why would I want fossil fuels? I got fusion, you know? And if, if that happens, if they come up with that kind of an energy change, then yeah, we can do this. But right now, without that, without a different energy source, really all they're going to do is move the, uh, the CO2 emissions from your house and from your car to a power plant because they're saying uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a battery powered car great awesome you're gonna have a battery powered house great awesome yeah now how are you gonna charge it you're gonna have a power plant somewhere burning fossil fuels to charge your house to charge your car to, to send you the electricity that you need to live your life that's problematic and it's still there's certain things like farms that were you know a battery powered farm equipment just really isn't feasible because you need to have so much batteries it's not going to work right i mean you have uh these huge combiners and tractors and diesel powered vehicles that are just massive and they would not run very well off of battery power and once you you know like uh let's say you do uh whatchamacallit get them get them out in the field and if they go dead while they're not close enough to a charging port all of a sudden you have a huge rock in the middle of your field um you know like a, a basically a mechanical boulder that you can't move so there's a lot of real problems with this um now you know i'm the kind of guy who normally likes to provide solutions yeah <clears throat> but there aren't solutions like the physics the physics doesn't work out behind this plan unless you get a different energy source which they don't have and if we i mean you know that's not going to be like something that just oh well we need it so we'll just come up with no i mean you use the energy that you have available to you that's what human civilization has done for millennia i mean we use what we have available to us and right now fossil fuels are the best things that we have available to us and they want to stop that which is really the only thing that could do that they could do is impact our standard of living in a very negative way that's the best. That, that's the most that they could really do with the Green New Deal. Yeah, I. It, they're looking at. You're looking at at least just to do high speed rail. It's going to take about twenty ten to twenty twenty years if you started today to to build infrastructure for high street high speed rail all over the country. <clears throat> now, if you look at the high speed rail white pages. Mm-hmm. High speed rail developments, you know, they're saying that high speed rail can get you door to door quicker. Okay, I can let, let, let's say that that's true. In from then they use from San Francisco to downtown Los Angeles, and of course that's a straight shot. And, and so you're looking at 
it taking longer, shorter by plane, actually, shorter by train, you know, and uh, uh, longer by vehicle, not too long by airplane and shorter by high speed rail. And so I can see in situations where high, sp high speed rail could be useful, but and I think and, and is useful in other other countries. But let's face it, by the time it takes us to build high speed rails, it would be 20 years for that for them to be operational all over the country. I mean, we're arguing with our with our president about building a wall complete billion for 5 billion complaining about the cost whether we want to build a wall or not. How much would high speed rail be all over the country in 10 years? Yeah. For every city every or at least every major city to now begin building high-speed rail infrastructure that's ludicrous the costs of the screen new deal plan start at about 32 trillion dollars right that's medicare for all for 10 years it's 32 trillion dollars that's just for medicare let's, that's not even before you touch fossil fuel let's talk about how, the infrastructure you can't support such a stupid plan right it, nobody wants to destroy the economy no, uh -huh. nobody wants to destroy the, the ecology of our great nation well yes we do need to make some changes but when i am saying that that change is foolhardy and the height of folly at best yeah well, I mean, and that's that's really like nobody wants to do basically bad things. You know, here's here's another thing that, uh, that kind of bothers me. I'm not sure if this. Um, let's follow this for a second and see how it relates. So, one of the things that Ocasio Cortez is doing um, is she's saying that people have died from global warming. That <laughs> people have already died from global warming. This is not, I'm not kidding you. She believes that to be the case. People are dying. 3,000 people last year died because of global warming. And she she goes on to say that the fires in California are due to global warming. That Flint, Michigan is basically a global warming disaster. The water in Flint, Michigan is a, is a global climate change issue. That the... Um, that the air quality in the Bronx is a climate change issue. It's you know it's it's like it's like uh, what the crooked police do when they try to try to try to try to kill, try to innocently kill or take away black people. All you do is you just sprinkle a little sprinkle a little crack on it and say it's, <laughs> and say it's drug related. <laughs> they're, too, they're, too, they're doing the same exact thing. They're gonna sprinkle a little Green New Deal on Green it. Green New Deal on it, saying it's it's, it's, it's climate related. It's climate related. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my mother died of cancer. Climate related. <laughs> I mean, it's they're sprinkling climate related fairy dust on everything. That is that is the best. I think that's the best line I've ever heard you say. I, just, I mean, <laughs> climate-related fairy dust. I mean, just on over, every over yeah. everything. My wife is ugly. That's climate change. That's climate change. If we spend this, if we spend this, you know, uh, two hundred trillion dollars to uh, fix climate change, your wife will be pretty. My, my husband does not look like the Rock. Global warming. <laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's the stupidest thing. Well, no, no, I don't know. I don't know. Because I feel like my body was built for colder temperatures. You know, like I'm, I'm a northern. Like, okay, all of my ancestors yeah, are northern, on. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. German and uh, what's a Scottish, um, a little bit of Irish. So, like, I'm my my family actually. Like, when we look at it, neither side actually really claims to be German, but because there's so much like underlying German uh, it looks like about half of us is German like about 50% of my ancestry is actually German even though nobody really claims it everybody claims to be Scottish or yeah, Irish yeah. or whatever so then you know we got German and uh, Nordic and uh, Irish and a little bit of Scottish so I feel like my body is designed for colder temperatures and I do fine in colder temperatures and I find that I uh, uh, we, you know in a warmer climate I don't have the need to expend as much energy as I collect go on yeah yeah so that that results in a a, a storage situation where I'm storing more energy than I'm utilizing and that I think you know is problematic for me so maybe maybe if the whole world were just a lot colder. Maybe if we had some kind of ice age come through, like I could lose all this weight and look like the rock. I could be pushing ice around, you know, doing an ice workout. And then, you know, just the, the temperature would cause me to have to burn more energy to stay warm. And then I would look, you know, much more impressive than I do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that for a long, I mean, that that is a, that is a, um, of course I could just, you know, Go work out, which I've done. I've done, but uh, doesn't doesn't I don't do enough of it apparently. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let's get off that subject. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna spend time with it because I just want to, you know, China. I'm gonna say this: China, which some are saying will be with the top superpowers of the world, China, USA, and Russia. China is certainly not waiting around to build the future of military forces and technology. From mm -hmm. building stealth jets, jets that oddly look a lot like the F-22 Raptor to things that would you would only see in a sci-fi movie, the next couple of years are going to produce technologies we once only dreamed of. Here's what China has already done and mm. to try to become the strongest navy in the world. They China has a a flying shark they're calling it. Very interesting. The Chinese navy also conducted carrier-based operations with this new uh -E J15 flying shark, unlicensed derivative of the Sokyo uh S233 flanker in in 2013 by September of last year. The report notes that PLAN plotters flying the Jet 15, J-15, were conducting full stops and takeoffs with a weapon, weapon loads at full maximum gross rates. Okay, so they're just talking about something else. They, they also have a gorgeous-looking tank well, that, that they're developing right now. You know, tanks are cool, but the thing is, tanks are land-based, and they die quickly if you, um, if you take them out from the air. So, I mean, ultimately, um, my my view is that air power is well they have the new drone coming out they yeah. have a dd anti-ship ballistic missile it's a big one they're, too they're well okay now the anti-ship ballistic missile is kind of a threat to us yeah right? that's what they're saying the, the dong fang 21d anti-ship missile the maidong uh, yeah the, the 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 dong that's funny fang 
DF-21D anti-ship missile, uh, somewhat prematurely dubbed as the carrier killer. <clears throat> the DF-21D is medium-range ballistic missile specifically yeah, designed to attack American aircraft carriers. That is, okay, yeah, and I've, I've, I've read up on that. Um, so the idea that it's a carrier killer, first of all, uh, we don't really know if the payload's large enough to actually take a carrier out. Obviously, it's designed to hit a carrier, but also our carriers have uh, phalanx and all, all kinds of defense systems, right? Now, the phalanx is the one that I think that they would specifically deploy. And the phalanx is designed to track targets, incoming targets like missiles and, and, and things like that, and put so much metal downrange that there's just no chance that they'll... Uh, that they'll have any shot of getting towards that ship. I mean, they can take those missiles out from miles away with the phalanx, which is basically a really fast kind of machine gun. Um, I think it might even be uh, um, what you call a rail gun. Yeah, uh, so I love know, rail electromagnetically guns, propelled uh, pieces. So it'll track it by radar, and then it'll just you know, and like it'll just it sounds like that too. Like when you see a, a video of it, it's just and all of a sudden. Whatever it was that it was mad at, boom, it blows up and falls out of the air. So, it, it, like they said, it's premature to, to dub that the aircraft carrier killer. But at the same time, it is a threat. You know, I mean, obviously, but just because something is a threat doesn't mean that it's actually uh, an insurmountable threat. A viable, an insurmountable, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, but my point is that our enemies are, you know, China's not talking about banning fossil fuels <laughs> no china has a huge smog issue and they're basically making it worse <laughs> you know so uh, so i'm so so at some point we need to have uh we need to have serious conversations about how to protect our nation you know when we go when we when, when we become a nation of hippies um running around creating <laughs> you, you don't getting it right no even <laughs> even um uh, like what should we call it? Uh, the satellites that we have, they can track um, these these greenhouse gases, right? Because you can track them by monitoring uh, the particular uh, absorption spectrum of those gases. Because there's some things, there's some spectrums that are only available or only um, absorbed by, say, carbon dioxide or uh, methane, and we actually see in these these uh, satellite images we see these clouds come up from china come across the pacific ocean and yeah. then just dissipate in the united states yeah right because we have so much uh foliage and um things that are are taking that carbon dioxide in and using it to grow like they just disappear as soon as they get here so that i mean it's it's not like we're the world's offenders we are probably we are even though we are leading the world in industry we are not um, as inefficient and we're not polluting as much as developing countries. Developing countries are really where the pollution is at at the moment. And uh, if, if, if global warming was really that big a deal, one of the things we could do is we could just help uh, developing countries develop past the point where they have no option other than to do the very dirty things that they're doing. Well, and, th and that's what the point. We we only contribute, according to them, twenty percent. I think it was mm. of the green of, of the greenhouse gases that are causing. Mm -hmm. So either way, you have eighty percent. Right. So you're this changing. You're, you're you're changing <laughs> our economy. Right. 
you're changing you're, you're dislocating right millions of jobs you're 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 creating infrastructure to solve 20 percent of a problem that no one else is necessarily trying to solve to the extent that you are so they will still have the problem all you would have done is weaken america weaken our infrastructure because you have no plan to build everything and there's no there, there are no emerging technologies that have taken the place of what you want to because they understand there's they understand that it's naturally organic listen let's face it the refrigerator worked better than ice right and well, so we so eventually we went to refrigerators the the vacuum cleaner worked better than brooms. than brooms, yeah. So we we went to the motor, you know, the and the Dyson works better than you know other vacuum cleaners. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. But my point, the, 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 you get, oh, I'm the, a big fan of the Dyson. It's a good product, but I'm I'm, I'm a Miele fan. Oh, the, oh, I love the Miele. I've not even heard of it. so uh, yeah, I'll, the, I'll look. But yeah, you know. yeah man, I, okay, I anyway. love the Cyclonic. Okay, go ahead. It, well, it looks good. Uh, the Dyson's really attractive. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so so you know, uh, so so you, you look at all the things that. We are organically changed to these. The the touch tone phone was better than the dial up. The cell phone is now working out better than a home phone landline, except when there when there's except in certain situations where the, the cell phone towers are down. You know, so so we automatically just changed to cell right? phones. And you know what, blockchain is going to fix that too. I mean, blockchain would probably make cell phone towers obsolete. I mean, think about that for a second. Imagine wow. instead of having a cell tower, you just kind of have, um, uh, imagine imagine this. Instead of cell towers, you have a bunch of uh, little like hotspots at everybody's house. Trending Insurrection.